So what is a step of faith? I think it's something that you've all encountered already in your walk, no matter where you're at. And it's something that is not going to be small. This is a big deal to God. Walking by faith is something that we're required to do as his followers. And I kind of wanted to start, before we get into what a step of faith is or what the next step for you personally is, and again, that's going to be your decision that I want you guys to think about tonight, I want to first address a few modern Christian misconceptions. Today, there are a lot of different misconceptions that you guys have probably heard. You guys have probably heard something along these lines. If you've ever been involved in any kind of church or group like this or anything like that, people will say, I'm not going there anymore because I'm not getting fed there. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever maybe thought that yourself? Pastors hear that all the time and it drives them nuts. And what, what that indicates is this person is saying, it's kind of all about me. I'm, I'm hoping that somebody else would kind of live my Christian life for me. Does that make sense? I want somebody else to be making the next step for me. I want somebody else to be giving me what God wants to be giving me for this next step. You'll also hear people talking about going deeper and and really having a vague idea of what that really means. What does it mean to go deeper in your walk with God? And I've heard a lot of people say, well, that means that you have a really phenomenal time of praise and worship or music, and that's going deeper with God or something along those lines. That's actually kind of a really shallow idea of going deeper with God. Not to say that's not good, that's very good, but that is not at all the idea of going deeper. We could sing up here all day long and miss 90% or 99% of what God has for us in this life. That is, that's good, but it's, it's still kind of shallow. And a lot of times we get mixed up in these things like, I need to get fed or I need to go deeper, and it sounds very Christian, but we miss this whole idea that God has for us of stepping out in faith or taking a step of faith or taking the next step that God is calling us to. And if we don't take that step, we, we miss out on what he's calling us to. 1 Corinthians 8.1 says, Knowledge makes arrogant, but love edifies. How many of you have done this? You don't even have to raise your hands. I've done it. Where I start to think that the more I learn about God, the closer I'm going to get to God. And that's not necessarily wrong. That's not intrinsically wrong. God wants us to grow in our knowledge of him. It says He says that in Philippians 1.9. He says, I pray, Paul said, I pray that your love would grow more in knowledge and depth of insight. So that's true. But there's a big flip side of that coin. And that is James 1.22, which says, Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. See, in 8.1 it says that if I'm just growing in knowledge alone and not in love, then I just get proud. And that's what happens when I'm reading and reading and not doing See, the action is the next step. Does that make sense? The action is the next step that we're called to make. If I'm just reading in the Word all the time, or if I'm just going to a meeting where I'm hearing the Bible from from the pulpit or from up front, or hearing God's Word, something like that, and it's just building up in here, but it's not coming out in my daily life and my actions, all it's doing is making me really proud. And James 1.22 says it's deceiving me. Think about this. Has there ever been something you've been challenged to do in your walk with God and you didn't do it? You put it off. Haven't you developed unbelief about that area afterwards? Think about this. What if it's sharing your faith with your friends? And you know, okay, God's called me to share my faith with my friends, but I'm not going to do it. Isn't it true that you start to think my friends don't want to hear about Jesus? See, we start to develop unbelief or we start to deceive ourselves if we hear God's word and then don't apply God's word. Now, the reason I'm kind of talking about this is because it goes back to this whole getting fed issue. See, getting fed goes 
way beyond just hearing or just learning or just reading. And it goes into the action, which is taking the next step that God has for you. What step has He called you to take to obey Him? What step has He called you to take? 1 Corinthians 4.20 It says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. And then in 1 John 3.18 it says, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. See, my walk with God doesn't consist of words only. It consists of action, the Bible tells me. And it doesn't consist solely with words or tongue, but in action and in truth. See, I, I know the truth of what God's called me to. He tells me that in His Word. Now there's an action that has to come from that. I can't just know it. I have to then apply it and put it into, into practice in my life. Now, I wanted to set the stage for this idea of taking the next step. You each in here tonight have a next step that God is calling you to take. Every single one of us is at a place in our life where God is saying, take the next step. Take the next step. And for each one of us, it's going to be totally different. And I don't know what your step is. Only you know what your step is. And only God knows what your step is. But he's still calling you to make that step. My hope for tonight is that you each walk away knowing what that step is and desiring to take that step as God's leading you in that. Every single one of us is going to come to this point of this step in our life. How many of you guys have heard of Billy Graham? All of you. It, he's the, the biggest preacher of the last hundred years. There was a time when he was in college in Wheaton where he went outside his dorm and he got on his knees and he said, God, everything, the rest of my life, I give it all to you. He took this step of total commitment saying, God, you can have the rest of my life. And after that, look what God did with, with his life. Bill Bright, the reason that a lot of us are here in this room right now, he started Campus Crusade for Christ. We're an offshoot of Campus Crusade for Christ here. Many of you guys have seen The Four Spiritual Laws, a little booklet that has shared God's worth with a lot of people. He wrote that. He started hundreds and hundreds of, of campus ministries across the world. They're in over 180 countries now. Big, 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 big deal. Bill Bright had a point where him and his wife got into this big argument. And out of that argument came this contract with God, this idea of a contract with God. And they both decided that day, we're going to come up with a contract and we're going to sign our names like you would for a mortgage on a house or something like that. And we're going we're gonna to commit the rest of our lives to God. They made this step of commitment to God saying, we're going to put you in charge and do what you have for us. They took that next step and look what God did with their lives. Every one of you guys has some next step. I don't know what that is. The rest of your life, God will be taking you through a series of steps of following Him. And I hope that, again, tonight, you'll know what that step is. And I want to just talk about a few different examples of people in the Bible that have taken that next step. And I definitely also wanted to start with the first step. Most of you in here probably have started a personal relationship with Christ. That's where you simply realize, I'm a sinful human being. And I need God's salvation. I need His free gift of salvation. And you've accepted that. You've said, Jesus, forgive me and come into my life. And you've let Him forgive your sins. He's come into your life. And that was the first step that each of us take in this spiritual journey of letting Christ come into our life and to forgive our sins, guaranteeing that we are His children and that we'll be with Him for all of eternity. If you would like to know more about making that step, please talk to me tonight because I'd love to talk with you more about that. After that step, there are some big steps that some people in the Bible took. And so let's just start thinking about them a little bit here. Abraham had to take a big step in trusting God. In Genesis 22, 1-3, it says this, 
God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. So God's telling him to take his son, his only son. He's old. He can't have more children. And God's promised him that he's going to have an entire country of people coming from this one son. So this is a big thing. And God says, now, now go sacrifice your son. He's testing Abraham. And it's kind of amazing. Do you guys, have you guys ever had something really, really, really important in your life that would be really hard to give up? All of you guys have had something like that, right? This is Isaac to Abraham. Isaac is the most important thing he has. He says, take your son, your only son, whom you love. He doesn't just say, hey, uh, go sacrifice Isaac and just leave it at that. He reiterates it to him. He's like, the only one you have, the one that you love so much, go take that son and kill him. So he's, he's giving him this huge challenge to see what his, what his obedience is all about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. And so Abraham follows, and it says later that he, that he trusted that he would come back with Isaac. So I'm not sure what he believed. I don't know if he believed God would raise Isaac from the dead. I don't know if he believed that God would provide a different sacrifice. But I knew that he was completely obedient in his response. And at the same time, he trusted that God would be faithful in fulfilling the promise that he'd made to him before. So he's trusting God in this. And even while he's trusting God, he's willing to give up the most important thing in his life. And so a question that I want to ask you to really think about right now is... What step do you need to take to trust God? Maybe you have to take a step to trust God tonight. I don't know in what area. I don't know if it's a relationship or school or what it might be. But each of you, I think, have areas where you need to take a step in trusting God. Daniel. Most of you have heard of Daniel and the lion's den. This is a great Old Testament story. And Daniel had to take a step of faith putting God first. In Daniel 6.10 it says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room. And the decree that was published said that if you prayed to any god other than the king, you'd be thrown into the, into the lion's den and killed. That'd be a terrible way to die, getting eaten alive by, by these vicious animals. So he is told, look, if you pray to any god, you're going to get killed. You're going to get eaten alive by lions. So the first thing he does is he goes home to his upstairs room where the windows open toward Jerusalem. And three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. See, Daniel put God first, even when the world around him was, gonna, was saying, we will even kill you if you put God first. And all of you guys on this campus, I know, are going to be attacked. People are going to come against you if you try to put God first in your life. Isn't that true? How many of you guys have had a professor challenge your faith or a friend challenge your faith? It happens all the time. If you try to put God first, people are going to challenge you and they're going to come against you. But here's the thing. God saved Daniel from, from these lions. Totally calm them. I think God can save you from a professor or a friend or whatever that might be, right? God can do it. And so a question I'd ask you is what step do you need to take to put God first? Because there are so many areas that God wants to be first in all of our lives. He wants to be first in every area. And I know in my life and your life, there are areas that we haven't put him first yet. And he's saying, take that step and put me first in those areas. And only you know what that area is that God's calling you to take a step in.
Noah. We, we just saw this video with Noah. Noah built this ark. It was kind of a crazy thing. How, how many of you have seen Evan Almighty? Aaron and I saw that a couple weeks ago. Imagine that. I kind of did a good picture of portraying what it would be like in real life. Here's this guy. He's this elected official. He's rich. He has everything going for him. You know, Everything that you'd want in life, he has it. Money, family, house, career, position, all this stuff. And all of a sudden, God's freaking him out, growing his beard out. He can't shave it off fast enough. It keeps growing and making him wear a robe and all this stuff like that. And he looks like a total, total fool to everybody around him because he's being obedient to God. Now, that was Noah's exact situation. He's building this ark. It hasn't rained. And he's building an ark for a flood. He looks like an idiot. But God gave him something to be obedient to. And see, sometimes God will give us opportunities to obey Him, and we look pretty foolish when we do it. It says in Genesis 6, 14-22, Make yourself an ark of cypress wood. And this is God speaking. Make rooms in it and coat it with a pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Make a roof for it and finish the ark to within 18 inches of the top. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you. And you will enter the ark and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. That, that last part is amazing. He did it just as God commanded him. God gave him a task that was pretty huge. Just like the video was saying. It was humanly impossible. And God's called you, each of you guys, to things that you cannot accomplish. They're too big for you. Do you want to have a a life of just paying the bills and just barely getting by? Or do you want to have a life that that people are going to be talking about for the next hundred or thousand years? And it's not about our fame, but it's about what He can do with a simple human life that trusts Him. See, He's called us to obedience. And He doesn't just start out by saying, Okay, you get to do all this stuff for me. He starts out with little things, little steps of obedience in little areas. And he says, are you going to be faithful to obey me in this little tiny area right here? And then when we're obedient there, he says, okay, what about this next little area? What about this next little area? So what step do you need to take to obey God? Think about that. What step do you need to take to obey God? I know that we each have a different area that he's calling us to obey him in, even right now. So what step do you need to take to obey God? The last person that I kind of wanted to share about was David. And I love David because he was focused on connecting with God. That's This whole name of this meeting is connect. And it goes back to this idea of connecting with God. And see, David said in Psalm 119, 58, he said, I have sought your face with all my heart. How many of us in this room could say to God, I have sought you with all my heart? I honestly cannot say that because I know that I've sought many other things. David said, I've sought you with all my heart. There is nothing he sought more than God. There is nothing he desired more than God. He desired to connect with God more than anything on this planet. He said, with all my heart, I've sought you. And then because of that, he was able to say this in Psalm 63. He said, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. He sought him with all his heart. He sought him earnestly. He says, my soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water, your love is better than life. 
So David tells God, your love, my relationship with you, it's better than life. All I want is my relationship with you. There's nothing else I desire in this life but to know you. And that heart is a heart that I want from God, this heart of connecting with Him, desiring Him more than anything. And so I would just say right there, what step do you need to take to connect with God? What step do you need to take to draw closer to God? What step do you need to take to let Him come close to you? Taking the next step is about you and God. It's I can't make that step for you. Ronnie can't make that step for you. Russ can't make that step. Dana can't make that step for you. You have to make that step for yourself. It has to be your step. In Job 31.4, it says, Does he not see my ways and count my every step? See, God is watching every single step we take, both physically and then metaphorically also. He's very concerned with which step are you going to take as you follow me. And this is our favorite verse for this meeting, James 4.8. It says, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. See, I can't draw near to God without taking a step. I'm not going to draw near to God if I'm just standing here. Isn't that right? If I just stand here, I'm never going to get closer to Him. The only way I can draw near to Him is to take a step. Drawing near takes a series of steps. If I don't take a step, I just stay where I'm at. But if I take a step, I'm drawing near to Him. And then He says He draws near to me. It goes both ways. It doesn't just stop with me drawing near. But He draws near to me too. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, We walk by faith, not by sight. See, when we, when we take that step towards God, it's a step of faith. A lot of times, I don't see what comes afterwards. That's really what taking a step of faith is all about. It's stepping out on a limb. This limb isn't going to support me. It looks like it's going to crash and I'm going to fall to the ground. But God's called me to step out and trust Him. A lot of times this, this comes back to every aspect of your life. Relationships, having to trust Him, taking a step of faith. In your finances, in, in obedience, in sharing your faith with your friends, it comes back to trusting Him and taking a step of faith. Drawing near to God involves taking a step towards God. And again, I don't know what that step is for you tonight, but it has to be this step of faith. God is all about faith. I like to say this. If you're taking notes, write this down, because this, I think, is such a challenge that I think is really, really important. Get yourself into a situation where if God doesn't show up, you're dead. That's a huge step. Get yourself into a situation where if God doesn't show up, you're dead. And I'm not saying to be stupid. Take a calculated risk for God. Do something that scares you for God. And watch Him show up. It'll be the most exciting thing that's ever happened in your life. To see Him interact with you. To see Him provide for you. To see Him do something really, really awesome. So the bottom line here is what is your next step? For some of you, that next step might be accepting Him. For some of you, it might be just trusting Him in some new way. For some of you, it's putting Him first in an area that you've never put Him first. For some of you, it might just be obeying Him in an area that He's called you to obey Him. And I think for all of us here, it's connecting with Him in a, in a real and deep way. It goes beyond those superficial meanings that I talked about at first. It's an action of taking a step close to God and letting Him take a step close to me. And then having true intimacy with Him. So what is your next step? That's what I want to leave you with tonight, is what's your next step? Now, we're going to listen to a song for just a few minutes. You all have note cards under your chairs or on your tables. There are pencils there. Now, here's what I want to challenge you to do. Don't show anybody this note card. This is just between you and God. I'm going to just play this song for like the next two or three minutes. Think about what your next step is. Just think about what your next step is. 
And when you feel like God has really showed you what your next step is, write that on that card. Write that on your card. And just take it home with you. I don't want to see it. Nobody else here needs to see it. This is just for you. Take it home. Throw it in your Bible or in a book. Take that time to really see God about what that next step for you is.